to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hears to learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. This message that I, tonight, I guess I have off and on done parts on this thing for months, I guess. I actually had it one time was going to minister, and the Lord said no and changed me right at the last minute, and so I had to change around and do it. But I feel like the Lord wants to uh, do this with us tonight. And the title of my message tonight is Beware of Deception. Beware of deception. A lot of people say, well, why do we worry too much about deception? Well, if you look at the definition in Webster's Dictionary, it says the deception is the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. In other words, it is an act of deceiving. In other words, resorting to falsehood or deception. Now, in that just what deception is, basically deception is when you basically turn truth into a lie. And in our world today, I know that many people, how many watch a little bit of the news? I've got to where I watch less and less of it. Uh, gets my blood pressure up. But uh, in, in our world today, when we read and listen to news reports, the first question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we being told the truth? Everyone has their source that they trust more than others. Like I look, you got the, I'll just make it simple. We got the CNN side and we got the Fox side or whatever. If you want to take two completely different. Now I know there's stuff in between, you know, whatever. Or there's a lot maybe on one side, there's on the other. But we all have our sources that we like, that we have more than, more than, than others. But without firsthand information, we are at the mercy of the source of information that we have. So we can only make decisions or in our own hearts as to how reliable we have confidence that what we're hearing is the truth, the absolute truth and nothing but the truth, okay? Now, true knowledge, true knowledge, you can't just say knowledge, but true knowledge is necessary to make valid decisions. If you don't have the right information to make a decision, then you can make wrong decisions. And wrong decisions hurts us no matter what it is, okay? Any wrong decision. So deception can be turning deception can be turning a lie into the truth or turning the truth into a lie. It works both ways. In other words, you can take a truth that you believe is something's true, and people can take a a a truth and turn it into a lie. Okay? And one of the simplest ones is, is one that we've had for years and years. We've had this statement that says, you know, that the, the Constitution says that there has to be a separation between church and state. And that means that nothing can happen in the church, you know, whatever the case may be. The whole rule was that statement is not in the Constitution. It says that the government cannot set a specific religion to be such as they were coming from England and they had the Church of England, which was the official government church. They didn't want that in America. They wanted something different. It does not mean what people have turned it in to mean, but when you say a lie long enough, 
it becomes acceptable as the truth, which is the ultimate side of, de- of uh, deception because we're living in a in deception of things that are going on. Now, when we go into court, you have to take a, they say you swear or affirm, if you want to use the word affirm. You said you have to affirm that you tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Now, to me, I went and looked, and this thing, this basic concept of the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, goes all the way back into the Roman Empire. Some people say it even goes back further than that. Not necessarily oath, but the fact of the truth of telling all of the truth. And any violation of this oath is a lie. In other words, if you miss one part of that, then you have created deception many times by silence. A deception can be something that's left out. Okay, It's not just necessarily something that's put in, but also something left out. That's the reason why it says to tell the truth. Okay, That's what we're supposed to tell, just the truth. The whole truth, that means all of the truth, every detail, every concept of it, and nothing but the truth. In other words, don't add anything to the truth. Okay? So when you look at that, that becomes perfect in every, every respect. And that is exactly what we have to do in understanding deception as far as from a spiritual standpoint also. Now, understanding deception. We can understand why unbelievers are being deceived because they have, there are not saved and do not have the spirit to reveal the truth. Now, I don't know how many of you get bothered when you begin to see people. You see. How many times have you looked or at the TV or in a situation and simply said, why can't they see it? It's right there in front of you. Any idiot can see what this means. Now, I know no one has said that, but I'll guarantee you I have said that. Okay? Maybe you have it. But the thing about it is, when we look at something, we see something because we're looking at it through the eye, our eyes, but yes, through the Spirit of God to be able to show sometimes in the mysteries of things. And that can be in things in the world, but the same thing is true in Scripture. There are many people that have grabbed hold to things that are not true and are being deceived by it because there has to be a problem. So even though we can understand why people who are unbelievers can misinterpret Scripture or not understand it completely, we have a much harder time understanding how Christians are being deceived and don't see truth. Now, deception can only come when truth is compromised. I've taught here before about absolute truth and and lie, and we've gone through the whole thing, the paint on the walls and all of that. So, But what I'm trying to say is when you compromise the truth and you get it in the middle, that is where we live in deception. People are now saying we must compromise. Compromise what? Compromise your belief. Compromise what God said. We can't compromise what God said. You have to deal with God about that. There may be social issues that people are wanting to us to accept and do these things of social. But the thing about it is, when it violates God's law, are we supposed to be deceived in believing that just because someone says that it's true makes it true? Okay? So, deception comes with a compromise. My people perish because of the lack of knowledge. 
So knowledge is the key to deception. Knowledge is the key to deception. For without knowledge, without knowledge, we can become deceived. Now, we have many, many denominations today. I don't know how many there are. Back when I was in Bible school, back in the spring of 02, there was about 800 denominations, which had about 800 different views of Scripture. But back then, and I don't know that this is true today, because I wouldn't quote this as true today, because I think it's probably a lot different than that now. But the fact is that we only disagreed in all those denominations, we only disagreed on about half half a percent of Scripture. Just certain, you know, when you looked at all the Scriptures in the Bible, about half a percent of the Scriptures is what we actually disagreed on. And that's in basically in the fundamental teachings. Of that half a percent, only a very small percent, even possibly even a half a percent of that, had anything to do with getting to heaven. Okay? That it actually had anything to do with getting to heaven. Now, I think that that probably has changed over the years because I believe now that there's more that's being taught that, are, that actually will have something to do with you getting to heaven. And it may, but the number of scriptures may not have changed. In other words, the percentage of scriptures of difference, but the interpretation has gotten broader if you look at it from a broader standpoint. So many Christians are looking for uh, a more pleasant, easier, adaptable Christian life and look for teachers that allow more sin. There's nothing more, this is nothing more than an invitation to be deceived. If you go looking for something, looking for something specific in a place or a teaching, you go far enough and look in enough of places, you're going to find somebody that will teach what you want to hear. It's just that simple. Okay? It's not something new. It was happened in the day of the Bible. I mean, this is not a new, I'm not, I'm not offering you some new <laughs> revelation about it because it was happening in the church. Paul fought it with all of his churches. He said, you know, stay away from this or whatever, right? But let's just look at uh, yeah, this first verse here. Look at um, uh, 2 Timothy 4, uh, 3 through 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. There will come a time. It was happening in the early church. They were getting away from sound. They were getting away from the teachings of the disciples or the apostles at this time. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they would accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. Teaching people have a tendency to come together of those who have like faith. You know, join together people like faith. People who come here, most of the people who come here, realize and recognize that this church is a Pentecostal church in the sense of how we believe about the Holy Spirit, evidence of speaking in tongues. People who may not believe that or does not believe that would probably not feel comfortable here in that particular faith, okay? But then you go to another church. That, the thing about it is I can go to a Baptist. As a matter of fact, I've been to a Baptist church. As a matter of fact, my wife and I, when we were uh, vacationing in uh, Arkansas, 
uh, we went to a, to a Baptist church. I can't remember what kind of Baptist church they call it, but independent, I think is what it was. But it was an independent Baptist church. And I tell you what, they got up there and they talked about, talked about us who speak in tongues and talked about all the stuff. And I just disregarded that and just kind of left, left it alone. But when you went in there, you felt the presence of the Lord. People sang and they got in the fire. They praised the Lord. They said, hey, man, you know, whatever. And, uh, uh, but, but the thing about it is, is we can fundamentally, we should be able to worship with a lot of different people from the fundamental teachings of God, right? There are many specific things. But the thing about it, even in the fundamental teachings, there have been things that have begun to start causing people to look for these easier ways out, and they start looking for places to do that. Now, I'd like to look at it again from the Amplified Version because it gives a wider, uh, a wider understanding. If, you, if you're not familiar with Amplified, it's not held to the same standard in translation. You can use as many words as necessary to say what the Scripture means, and that's the reason it's usually much longer. It says, For the time is coming when people will not tolerate will not tolerate or endure sound doctrine. In other words, I don't tolerate it because I don't want to live it. I don't tolerate it. They come to the point they just don't want to tolerate it. But having itching ears for something pleasing and gratifying. What are we wanting to gratify? The flesh, right? One thing that bothers me so much, and this is not part of my message, and Lord, don't let me get sidetracked. But the... But the thing that bothers me so much is so many people read Scriptures and can't tell the difference between the Scriptures that's talking about the flesh and the, and the Scriptures that are talking about the Spirit. Okay? And many times we try to take what God's talking about in the Spirit and pull that into the flesh, into the teaching of the flesh, and therefore distort what the Gospel actually says. And you say, well, that can't be done, Pastor. Oh, yes, it's being done. It's being done through movements, these, these movements coming and trying to talk about the righteousness of God, which is we are the righteousness of God. Yes, we are. We are 100% righteous in our new, new nature. But that, that, mean, that doesn't mean that I don't have to do things to stay righteous in my flesh because there's a conflict between the two. And when you start trying to pull that over into a spiritual condition into a fleshly realm, then you distort the gospel and you deceive people into believing that not, there's no accountability for what they do. The Bible teaches accountability throughout the Word of God over and over and over again. But we'll take a scripture out of context, pull it out of context, and, and, and just blow it all up and forget the four chapters before that gave all the steps that you had to do to get to the one statement that they're talking about. You can't pull things out of context. You have to look at it from the standpoint of where it is. And what happens when we pull things out of context, spiritual things, flesh things, and try to mix them all up in the same bowl, then we come up with deception, deceiving, and then our spiritual condition decreases because we've compromised the spiritual side of us and we've also compromised the flesh itself. All right, off of that message, I'll go on to the rest of it. Finish this one. Um, but they gather to themselves teachers after, after another to consider numbers, chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors they hold. Errors is a deception. A deception. And will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off to myths and man-made fictions. Today the church is making up their own doctrines as they go. And we have to make ourselves... You say, why are you teaching to us? We already are, We're Christians. But we all have to be vigilant not to fall into things that people do that cause us to be deceived. 
Because deception is one. What is Satan? He is the great deceiver. That's what he is. Second Peter 2, 1 through 3. But there were also false prophets among the people. Even as there will be false teachers among you. Now, Paul's not talking about us. He's talking about them. So if there were false teachers then, guess what? There's false teachers now. Okay? And it's just like a lot of times everybody thinks that demons are only in, in, in Africa. They're the only place that has any demons. Demons don't, don't exist over here because they couldn't get across the ocean. They didn't come over on the Mayflower, so they, didn't, they must not have made it over here. Uh, but we have to realize we fight the same thing over here. It's just we're deceived to the point that we don't recognize what's going on. We don't recognize them. I used to preach years and years and years ago. There's some people, the devil could be sitting right next to them and they wouldn't even recognize him. But it's important. But it says there'll be false teachers who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them with his blood, okay, and bring to themselves swift destruction. Now, in the Amplified, verse 2 says, And many will follow their immoral, immoral ways and lascivious doings. Because of them, the true way will be maligned and defamed. But covenants, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For, the, for a long time, their judgment has, has not been idle and their destruction has not slumbered. In other words, this is not just happening today. It has been happening. It has been building and it is coming and it is getting greater and greater and greater as we go through these things. So, with all of that as an introduction, <laughs> um, we must understand that all deception comes from who? Father of lies, which is Satan, right? We must understand that all deception comes from Satan, but comes from different sources or through different means, if you want to look at it. Didn't know exactly how to say it. But what I'm saying, it comes from different avenues. It's not like the devil does everything, but from different avenues. So let's look at a few of them. One, One is self-deception. Self-deception. Now, this is when you, you have created your own deception through some error of thought or reasoning turning a truth turning truth into a lie deception is a lie not the truth so self deception self this is when we because of the lack of knowledge and understanding okay well one day I'm going to teach, I've, I've tried to teach it two or three times, about wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Because they're all different words. They do mean different things. And it's important for us to realize that deception is there. And many times, because we have lack of understanding, understanding of Scripture, we may have the knowledge of the Scripture, but we don't fully understand the Scripture. And even on top of not, uh, even if we understand the Scriptures, many times we don't know how to apply the Scriptures how to apply it to our particular situations. So all of those things become important. But here is, deception here is, is something that is self, a self-type of deception. 
Proverbs 14, uh, verse 12 says, uh, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Proverbs 13, 12 says, There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes. This is when people living in deception, living in a way that is not the way God intended to live, actually believing that in their own eyes they are pure. We don't like to look at ourselves and say, you know, I need to clean this part up or I need to work on this area in my life. We look at it in our own eyes and we they see they're generating. They, they are pure. No, everything they do is right. No matter what they do, it's right. And there is a teaching that says if it feels good, it feels good to you, do it. Because if it feels good, it ought to be the right thing to do. Well, I'm sorry to say some things that you feel good are not necessarily the right things to do. And, and, and we, can't, we can't live in, in that particular area. But they think that they're pure. But it says, yet it is not washed from its filthiness. In other words, on the inside, they, they feel that everything is fine. They've, ex, they've accepted everything. But yet they haven't brought this part to match the part on the inside. And they feel within themselves that they are pure in every respect. But yet they still are out there. 1 Corinthians 3, 8. Verse 18, let no one deceive himself. So it is possible for us to be deceived and to deceive ourselves. Is that right? Is that what the Scripture says? Right? It says, let no one deceive himself. Okay? If anyone among you seems to be wise in his age, I must be really wise because i got a lot of age. <laughs> let him become a fool that he may become wise. Become a fool to become wise. Now, what do they call that? Sometimes people look at that's an oxymoron. Whatever is that the right word? I don't know what it is. But the thing about it is, they, is one to the other. It says they seem to be wise, but he said, "Become a fool to be wise." For the wisdom of this world, he explains it. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. The ways of the world is foolishness with God. So there are things that we do that are foolishness, but we should not deceive ourselves. It says, let no one deceive himself. When he catches the wise in their own craftiness, for it is written, God will catch the wise in their own craftiness, the worldly wisdom, right? Now, self-deception. Next one is the one everybody likes. Because we can blame this on somebody besides ourselves. Okay? And that is Satan's deception. Okay? This is when Satan creates a deception and you accept it as truth, but it's a lie. Where do we see that happen first? In Genesis, right off the bat. Three, then the Lord said unto the woman, What is it you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me. So Satan deceived her by what? Deceiving and taking parts of the truth, add a little lie into it, and then put his little stuff on the end of it to therefore cause the temptation and for her to be deceived. 1 Timothy 4, 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, 
giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, the Spirit expressly says, talking about the Holy Spirit says, some will depart from the faith. Now, faith here is the noun, not the verb. The noun, the faith, meaning those who have faith and confidence in Jesus Christ. But if this happens, it says in the end times, this is all going to happen. But the thing is, folks, we are living in the end times. We are living in, if we don't see the end times happening around us with all the things that are happening, I'm sorry, you're blind. The end time, and people say, well, I've heard the end times preached to, uh, my whole life, and they've preached it. They've been preaching the end times since Jesus left the earth and said he was coming back. Okay? The end times. But I can guarantee you this. This is a guarantee I make you. We're closer to the end now than we were yesterday. Okay? We're closer to the end today than we were yesterday. How much closer are we to the end? I don't know. But I know one thing. We have to be ready in the twinkling of an eye that he's going to come, right? And we, so that's important that we understand that. Now, it says giving heed to deceiving spirits. So that means it's a spiritual realm thing. It's something that comes from the other side. It's not something coming from God. It's coming from the other side, okay? So because of the lack of knowledge, people perish. Because of the lack of knowledge, many times it's easier for us to be deceived than it would be for other times to be deceived. A lot of people think that Christians can't be deceived because we have the Holy Spirit. There's a human side of us. The human side of us is where, where the deceiving comes in, not through the Spirit, not through our spirit, because Christ is not going to deceive us. His word is true. Second Corinthians, <clears throat> Second Corinthians 11, uh, 3 says, But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we make living for Jesus complicated. It's pretty simple. Obey, obey, obey. Pretty simple. Three rules. Obey, obey, and obey. Okay? God gives a command, we obey. He tells us to do something, we obey. We walk in a stretch, obey. All He wanted us to do from the very beginning was to obey. Okay? So living for Christ is simple when we want to obey. But that's another message. But we have to want to. I preached that message. What do you do with you want to, right? Did any of you hear that one? Go back and listen to it, okay? But we have to understand that the Spirit deceived, just as the Spirit deceived Eve, your minds may be corrupted, but we have to make sure that we don't let our minds get corrupted. Now, this spirit of, there's a spirit of deception. Now, thirdly, another deception is church deception. I wasn't going to go there, but I did, or I am. Church deception. This is when our churches are teaching or avoiding teaching or avoid teaching that which is contrary to the Word of God and it is accepted as truth and not a lie. We are living in deception. Romans 16, 17 through 18 says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrines which you have learned. And come close to them and let them in. We're, no, it doesn't say that. 
contrary to doctrine, which you learn and avoid them. Avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Christ, but they, their, but their own belly, put their own appetites, and the smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. I don't like the word simple. It just means those that are easily convinced, I guess would be a better way to try and find the right, right word for it. But with the flat with smooth words and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the hearts of their simple. It doesn't matter who is up who's up there teaching, including me, including me, including Pastor Goodluck. We teach, and I believe that everyone that comes up here behind this place research and tries to teach everything to them that is the absolute truth as they know it. Okay? But that doesn't mean that we're supposed to be open and take everything without listening and comprehending and checking that against the Word of God. Because a lot of times, we're in a growth stage too. Thankfully, I've been growing for 70, 72 years. So, a lot of people say, how long have you been in Christianity? I'm a blessed, I was a blessed child. I'll, I'll be the first to say that I was, I was truly blessed. Because from the, time, from the time I was five days old, I was in church. Every time the church doors was open, we were there. It didn't matter if you run in a fever. It didn't matter if you didn't feel good. You had to be awful sick to be able to get to stay home. But I've been there, and I was raised by two marvelous parents who showed me the way and who gave me the uh, right hand of fellowship right here to keep me uh, in line, okay? To keep me in line. But I grew up in a church, Pentecostal church, old-time old Pentecost. And when I say old-time Pentecost, there's probably one, two, maybe three or four people here that even would even recognize old-time Pentecost if they saw it because we saw it years and years ago. Now, was all of it right? Probably not. That were we taught, taught perfectly? No, we weren't. But the one thing that we were taught was to love God and to live a life pleasing in His sight. Now, I might have disagreed with what they call sin because I wanted to do them. But if I got caught trying to do them, I paid the price. Just as God says we pay a price if we sin, there's consequences to sin. When I sinned, I had consequences, usually by means of a flip-flop, water hose, uh, switch, uh, belt, hand. Um, I never got got what my uncle got. My got my uncle. He even got my uncle even got an iron skillet upside his head. My grandmother was in the kitchen, and if any of you know the old time cook, they used to cook the cornbread in a in a skillet, and she was cooking a skillet. My uncle was in there, and my dad's brother was in there. And he was talking to her, and 
he said a bad word. And she was right in the middle of turning that bread over to flip it into the pan. You know how you put it into your hand? To, if you, no, you don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, you take it and you flip it in your hand and then you turn it over and drop it back in the pan. Well, she picked the pan up, dropped it in her hand, slapped him upside the head and put it back in the pan and said, now, she said, you say that again, I'll hit you again. After he got up off the floor. Now, people said that'd be, that'd be child abuse. Well, he was, he was probably 40 years old. That wasn't child abuse. Not at 40 years old. But her rule was, you in my house, you talk the way I say to talk, and you do what I say to do. You knew better than to say that in my house. You don't drink when you come in my house. You don't smoke when you come in my house. And you don't talk foul language. She was Baptist. But she believed in running a uh, strict household. But anyway, uh, how, I, how the hell did I get on that? Anyway. Where was I? Romans. Church deception. Now, I urge you, brethren, there are those that cause things that are contrary to doctrine. Doctrines that we have in the church, and we're doing teachings, and it's great because they're called foundations, right? Realize that, understand that we as a church are what's called fundamental, Pentecostal fundamental teaching. We have a fundamental teaching. The fundamental teaching of the Protestant faith, okay? That, and when you say the Protestant, we're talking about whole, the whole spectrum. Now, us being Pentecostal, we're over on one side of the spectrum with the tongues and all that, right? But the whole group, all the way to the far left, there are fundamental teachings that we teach, okay? And there are differences in some of those, but most, if you look at the main fundamental teachings, we all pretty much agree with most of the fundamental teachings. There's just a few things that we have differences on, okay, in the way that we interpret Scripture, okay? A lot of things some people think stopped at the age of the apostles. We don't think anything stopped, okay? A lot of people think stuff stopped. So the things that we say, a lot of times the Holy Spirit and things like that, they think stopped and they think they, already, they got it at salvation when we, the Scripture doesn't show that. It's just they don't teach on it. When they teach on it, they teach on it that it just stopped, okay? And they say that one, they use the Scripture, it says that when, it was, that when it's perfect has come, these things shall pass away. Well, that's true. That is true. But you've got to find when that which is perfect has come. He had come, but when he told him to do it, he'd already come. So he's not coming until he comes again, right? So when he comes again, that will be fulfilled. But until he comes again, that hasn't been fulfilled. But we differ on that, okay? And that's, that's a difference we have. But to me, it's a type of deception because it's taught as a truth when if you look at the Bible, in my opinion... From scripture, it's not. So we see certain things like it. But because of the hypergrace movement, and I'm not going to get on the hypergrace movement because I already taught on it, taught two weeks on it, on the hypergrace movement. But the thing about people looking for different things are going to churches trying to find a place that they can go to where they can still sin and make it to heaven. I'm sorry, man does not determine if you're going to heaven or not. Jesus and God determine if you're going to heaven. Okay? And he doesn't say, follow Pastor so-and-so's rules. He doesn't even say, follow Pastor Goodluck's rules and you're going to get to heaven. Hopefully, if you follow his rules, you will get to heaven. 
But it's not what Pastor Goodluck says. It's not what I say. It's what the Word of God says. And the Word of God is what's going to get us there. And Jesus Christ is that avenue in which we get there. So we can't be deceived. And you say, well, why are you talking about those people that are out there? We're the people that's here. It's because we have to know and recognize that how do you get people to change? You, never mind, we'll get to it in just a minute. Don't want to get ahead of myself. Galatians 1. I marvel that you are turning us away so soon from he who called you to, to the grace of Christ to a different gospel. People being called away to a different gospel. There is but one gospel. Okay? One gospel. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Now, this was happening to Paul's in the early church. People were trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Do you think people are trying to, the devil's trying to convert or pervert the gospel today? Of course he is. And for us to be blind to that, we're saying, well, we just don't see it. Yes, we do see it. But the thing about it is, we have to watch ourselves. And when I say, when I point at you, I got three of them back at me because we all have to watch out so that we have to beware of deception. Don't let it enter into us, okay? But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we preach to you, let him be accursed. Matthew seven fifteen says, Beware of false prophets who come in who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Now They had false prophets in the days of Christ. Or in the Old Testament, they had them. Had them around when Jesus was around. Had them around when the early church was coming. Why would we think that we're any different? There are false prophets around. And there are people who um, chase after certain prophets. Many because, a lot of them, because they've, uh, they've followed them for years and they've seen that their prophetic words or uh, what they say does come to pass and, and, and so they consider to be good prophets. But I guarantee you, for every one that's out there, there's a whole lot more of them that are false. So you have to be careful. And I have this thing, and I'm going to say it, I'm just going to say it. It's dangerous when you feed from multiple troughs. It's very dangerous when you feed from multiple troughs. And what do I mean by that? I mean, when you come to eat the Word of God, eat the Word of God at the place where you are. Because when you start eating at multiple troughs, you become confused, and that's where deception can come in and get deceived. Pick a trough, whether here or pick a trough there or pick a trough here. But pick one place to get your food and your, to get your food and your uh your, your drink, your water, and your food to eat, right? Because we, we can get confused and deception is easily comes in if we watch that. Okay, let me move along here. I want to talk, the last one I want to talk about is other. <laughs> Talked about the three. Now let's talk about all the other. Okay, other types of deception. This is when you listen to so-called friends who convince you to accept a lie 
Therefore, you have deception about that specific topic. Many people want people to believe with them, and they're trying to get justification for their own sin. And they want to drag you with them as their justification. Okay? I'm not going to get into specifics, because I, I, I could, but I'm not. Because, but the thing about it is, be careful with your friends, okay? Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one, that's other people, carries you off as spoils, a spoil, like makes you yourselves captive to that person, his, so-called philosophy. There are many philosophies in the church, but there is one theology. Philosophy is just a view, but it's not the Word. Could it be the Word? It could, but most times it is just a philosophy. And this is the one that I have run into more than others, and that is the, the other one is intellectualism. I know more than you do. I'm educated. I got a blah, blah, blah degree. So therefore, what I say is better than you because you didn't even, you didn't even get out of high school. Intellectual arguments hold no weight with me at all. And I have, I have been confronted with it. I've had people even do it and talk about and actually have called me something. I have a name that they call me. I am called a literalist. Is that how you pronounce it? Literalist. In other words, I look at the Word of God literally. I don't look at it intellectually. But you have to look at it intellectually. If you're intellectual, you know, the three Hebrew children being thrown in a furnace, the guys died who threw them in there, and then they walk out and they don't even smell like smoke. That's an allegory. Intellectually, you can't, this just cannot be. Oh, the people, the sea rolling back like that? Can you imagine what it would take to do that? That's just an allegory. That's just a story. These are not allegories. If it's an allegory, it would be like a parable. If it's a parable, Jesus said what it was. If it was a parable, it, it tells you it was a parable. But if it tells about a specific person, a specific time, then it was a specific person, a specific time. Don't take it out of context. Don't make it something that's not. But into, see, people have become so intellectual, they've become dangerous. And through their intellectual climate of looking at things, and many times just old things that they may have hung on to or whatever, or normally intellectuals, what I found is most of the intellectuals, it's something that they used to do, and now they, it's not accepted. It's not, uh, they call it, um, it's, it, it's not, uh, you just don't want to do that today. That's not popular. It's just not popular today. So intellectually, they say, well, I, I, I'm turning my back on that, and I'm intellectually looking at Scripture. Well, as soon as you forget that, you forgot God, because that's where God was, okay, and where we are now. And it says, through uh, philosophy, intellectual, and vain deceit, which are idle fantasies and plain nonsense. Now, this is Scripture out of the Amplified. Following human tradition, men's ideas of material rather than the spiritual world. When man is more materialistic than he is spiritualistic. He follows more 
And he does it through justification, through rationalization, okay, rather than seeking it through the spiritual realm. Now, is material things there for us? God promised it to us. Yes, he did. But there's an order in which in which it's to be done. Through the spiritual realm and through the spiritual realm of God, right? Just or these are just crude notions following the rudimentary and elementary teachings of the universe. Now we got universal teachings, right? Uh, we started with Mother Earth. When it became our mother, then we had to take care of her. And disregarding the teachings of Christ, the Messiah. In 1 Corinthians 15, 33, Do not be deceived. If you never, talking about other people, read this one. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. There used to be an old uh, phrase that flew around. Birds of a feather flock together. Right? We should flock together. Okay? Because we are together. But people say, well, that means I can't, I can't go out and be with my, with my friends. And uh, if, they're, if they're good Christian brothers and sisters, yes. But the Bible says, it. this is not the Old Testament, this is the New Testament. Evil company corrupts good habits. So when you, start trying to, when you start trying to compromise your position to fit into their position, then you're giving up stuff on your side. I guess I better. Okay. All right. Let's conclude this thing. I got a lot of long faces out there, so I need to make this quick. Satan has come to kill, steal, and destroy us by any means necessary. Any needs necessary. He's cunning. He's deceitful. He's a liar. Satan uses many methods to deceive us so that we fall into his snare. We must be aware of all of his devices, especially the use of deception. There is only one book that gives the undisputed truth. That's the Bible. Now, I know Pastor Goodluck has written a book, and I think it's a great book. But just because someone writes a Christian book doesn't make it the truth. Won't say any more. Just because a prophet says something does not mean that it's the truth. Just because a great popular preacher, even me, <laughs> says, says something does not make it true. Just because I said it tonight doesn't make it true. But I hope I've showed enough of Scripture to show you that what I said is true because I tried to show you what the Word said, not what I said. My father said if I would preach the Word, I'd never get in trouble. But if I started giving my opinions, I'd stay in trouble. But the Bible is the only book that has the absolute truth and should always be our go-to source for the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I'm not saying, I, a lot of people say, well, you criticize that. I'm not saying that you can't read Christian books. There's a lot of good ones out there. Or listen to great ministers. I listen to them. Great ministers. But you have to read and listen and then make sure that it matches up to what the Word of God says. If it matches up to the Word of God, then go with it, right? Because that's where we get a lot of insight. 
because God does use other people and other things to give us His Spirit. But He also uses the Holy Spirit. Many Christians today are rationalizing and explaining away the evil things that are contrary to the Word of God. And this is, if you don't get anything else, get this. Just because you find ways to rationalize sin away does not make it disappear or make it right. Just because you rationalize sin, a way to get away with doing it, you rationalize how, how you can do a sin, and it's okay. Rationalize it any way you want to rationalize it. It does not make it, it sin, it does not make it disappear or be right. Just saying something that God's Word says, just because someone says, just because saying that God's Word says is wrong, is right, in other words, taking something, turn it wrong to right, or right to wrong, does not make it right. But Satan has used the spirit of deception to cause many to accept evil as good. Evil as good. So don't get caught up in the spirit of deception, the great deceiver, that is Satan himself. I hope, with all the smiling faces, Joy said the other day you have to smile when you do some teachings. You have to smile so people think you're smiling. Just be careful. Beware. Beware because what you have is most precious. And a lot of you here got kids and grandkids, and some of you might even have great grandkids. You see it. You see the deception coming, and you see it happening. I see it happening in my family. But we have to stand firm and do what the Word of God tells us to do, to be not deceived. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your Word. I ask you, Lord, to let it be planted and not move us for a moment, Lord, but let it change us. Let us be aware of the tricks of Satan, Lord, and not cut caught into the works of deception. Let us walk in the truth of your Word every day. Let us take and pull off all the things, Lord, that you told us to take off. Let us put on the things, Lord, that you told us to put on. Let us put on that coat of righteousness, God. Let us walk in that true things of you. Let us walk in the holiness of you. Let us walk in the purity that comes through you. And we thank you, Lord, for that. We praise you. Go with us to our homes, Lord. Keep a hedge of safety around us. No danger or harm. And bring us back to the next appointed time. And we'll give you all the praise and the honor for it. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Lord bless you. Don't throw stones.